This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. Uh, Looking forward to another shallow dive into some interesting stocks. The shallow dive continues. We've uh, been suggested a, a number of stocks to look into over the summer period by our Equity Mates community. And we continue today with Avita Medical Ren. We start moving into the microcap medical space. Certainly not in my wheelhouse of competence when it comes to stocks like this. Don't think it's a microcap. Yeah, it's, it's 1.2 billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we may as well start with that. Market cap 1.2 billion added to the ASX 200 in November 19 off the back of uh, some significant growth in their share price, Ren. Yes. And that's because. Uh, 656% in 2019. Huge growth. And we will discuss the reasons for that shortly. But Avita Medical, what is it? Well, uh, obviously a listed company that dabbles in uh, skin regeneration. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess it does more than double. It specializes. <laughs> Their website says a novel approach to skin regeneration. Yeah, and, it is. And I, I guess um, it is a pretty interesting way they go about repairing skin. So, yeah, anything to add for, for, the, for that, Ren? <laughs> so they've got a technology that's essentially spray-on skin. Yeah. And if we take a step back and we think about how skin grafts happen for burn victims and stuff traditionally, you take skin from another part of the body, extremely painful process, and then you apply it to like the burnt area in, the, in an effort to stimulate growth of new skin. Never had it done, but apparently extremely painful and apparently not that aesthetically pleasing as a result. It is clear that there's been like a skin graft essentially. Yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Scars and all sorts of bits and pieces. Yeah. And so what Avita have done is developed a number of products that essentially make that process far less painful and far easier. Um, they've got this spray on skin and then they've got this other product that is called a cell harvesting device. It's all in the effort of doing skin grafts with less pain and 
less skin required from other parts of the body. To give you an idea of how successful they have been in developing this technology, there was a couple of peer-reviewed or a couple of journal articles, not sure if the journals were peer-reviewed, but uh, where they tested this technology and compared it to the traditional methods. For second-degree burns, it required 97.5% less skin required to do these skin grafts. For third-degree burns, it required 32% less skin. So that's a great result. It's a good medical breakthrough and, you know, there's there's a lot of burn victims that will be thankful that this technology exists. Absolutely. We're not here to do that, though. We're here to talk about it as an investment. So I guess it's great that they've developed this technology and this company has done that. But our question is more about, at this point in time, is it something that we want to invest in? That sounds like you're setting up for a bit of a rant down the line. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ren, it all started happening for Avita in 2018 when they were granted... That's just their latest technology. Latest technology, yeah, yeah, which is, as you said, a spray-on skin and essentially they can create a suspension of, of skin to regenerate the outer layer and can be applied... Uh, in as little as 30 minutes. So pretty revolutionary. And if you look at, uh, so that was approved in uh, September 2018. If you look at their revenues since then, you can see how much of an effect that is having on their balance sheet. So I guess we can use that as a segue to move into financials, Ren. A market cap, $1.2 billion. It doesn't have a price, price to equity ratio. And that is because its earnings per share is in the negatives. Price to earnings. What did I say? Price to equity. <laughs> <laughs> Price to earnings. Mate, it's hot in this studio. <laughs> no, you're 100% right. But to your point around the pickup in revenue, so two years ago in F17, it made scratch under a million bucks yep. in revenue. 900K. Yeah. The year after, 1.2 million. Yeah. And then in the year, the financial year that's just gone, that jumped up to 7.71 million. So a massive increase and you'd be stoked. You'd be very happy to see that top line number jump up. What you wouldn't be too happy about as an investor is that the profit line, the earnings line, didn't have a commensurate increase. In fact, it's gone backwards. So the last three years in terms of the losses that it's made, 11.5 million and then 16.5 million, and then that's ballooned out to 35 million in the year that's just gone. And obviously, they've got a new product. They need to commercialize it, manufacture it, or get a sales team out there to sell it. There's costs that are associated with that. So it's not the end of the world, but it is something to keep in mind that their revenue jumped up about $6.5 million, but their profitability dropped about $17 million. If you look at the cost increase in their uh, sales and marketing department, Ren, since 2018, it's uh, pretty much in line with what you expect. They've gone hard on trying to go out there and sell this product. So whilst revenues are increasing, as you said, uh, their cost of, I guess, cost of sales and cost of doing business has also significantly increased as they're trying to get this product out there. And to your point, Ren, when I think about these companies as well, one thing to consider is the cost that goes into research and development. We know that they pour money into this, hoping to get products new to the market and then and capture the market, I guess, be first to market. 
They interestingly have done a capital raise of a hundred million quite recently at a share price of fifty nine cents. So just below what it's currently trading at. But the reason for doing that capital raise is for uh, product development and research purposes. So yeah, looks like they need some more cash. So to your point around its research and development costs, it's that's definitely been a big cost line over the last three years. In the year when it made 900K in revenue, it spent about $11 million in R&D. In the year after, when it made $1.2 million in revenue, it spent about $12.5 million in R&D. And then last year, it spent about $14 million in R&D. And that's not to be unexpected for a medical company. R&D is extremely expensive. And essentially, the, the business model for medical device companies and for pharmaceutical companies is raise money, do the R&D, patent the technology or the drug that comes out of it, and then exploit that patent to patent to pay back the R&D and to fund the next round of product development. So all to be expected. Uh, the question is just what's the opportunity like to exploit this technology and is it a good investment? Which I guess brings us to valuation unless you want to speak about the company. No, no, let's do it. Equity mine. So the share price is currently 60 cents. It becomes tough to value because it's got losses and its losses are expanding. So to your point around no price to earnings ratio, we can't really compare it to its industry peers. What we can do is look at something like price to sales and compare that to its industry peers because then we're talking about revenue and the company does have revenue. If you look at it on a per share basis, its revenue is about one cent per share and it's trading at about 60 cents a share. So its price to sales ratio is 60. So comparing it to a bunch of its industry peers, the price to sales of 60 is definitely on the high side. There's a few that are higher, but most are lower. So if you want to look at it from a relative basis, then you can you can consider it that way. So then if we move to some of the other metrics or the other valuation methods that we're talking about during this series, a lot of them become difficult to do because the company is making a loss and those losses are expanding. So if you think about something like a discount cash flow, when it's starting with negative earnings and those negative earnings are expanding, to estimate what the future cash flows will be and then to discount them back becomes difficult. We would have to make some pretty big assumptions around how successful their push to sales is, to sell this technology is going to be, what the market size is going to be, and then how they're going to deliver around cost cutting and stuff like that. I don't think we're in a position to do that. So I don't think really the DCF is relevant here. No. Not much you can do. And similarly, because the company's return on equity is currently negative, because the losses are expanding, we can't use the Roger Montgomery style of valuation either. Do you have anything from Morningstar? I do have something from Morningstar, and you would be surprised, Ren, that for the first time in these episodes, in order of how we have recorded them anyway, Morningstar has come in with a fair value of 0.53, so 53 cents, trading below what it currently is at the moment. There you go. So that's broadly in line with where I was going to go in terms of 
the last way that I would think to value it. The company and one of its prezos have said that the market opportunity is worth $2 billion a year in terms of... Pure skin graft? Yeah, in terms of skin graft, but in all of its various iterations. So if you were to say, you could go top down if you were trying to value it. You could say the market opportunity is worth $2 billion that let's say they capture X percent of the market. I mean, look, if the technology is that much better, for argument's sake, let's say they capture all $2 billion worth of the industry and let's say their revenue becomes $2 billion a year, then you can work it down. All right, what's their... They're currently their margin is negative because they're making a loss, but you could say what's their gross margin and then you could make some assumptions and then divide that per share. Its current market cap is $1.12 billion. I think a lot of that upside is captured if the total market opportunity in the US is $2 billion. But yeah, you could, you could go down that way. Tough. Tough to do. Yes. When a company is losing money. It is. It is. I mean, I think with a lot of these biotech companies and stuff like that, you're really making a zero or one bet. You're either saying it's going to you know, kill it and probably get acquired by you know, the big players in the pharmaceutical space. Like you could see you know, Johnson & Johnson doing, taking this technology and doing spray on skin and investors in that case are going to do very well for themselves or the technology doesn't work, doesn't pan out and then it's sort of a, it's a zero. Yeah. I think this technology is well like it's it's been proven, it's FDA approved, it's in I think 50% of burn clinics in the US at the moment. It's well on its way to success, but it rose 650% this year. Like uh, investors are the market is very aware of yeah. this stock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been priced in and they're obviously on the move to look for something new or continue with uh, research and development into other products because I guess these th- these sorts of things have a a tail at you know, they're not going to continue growing at that at that rate forever and they're probably going to have to continue spending money on sales teams and whatnot to continue to sell this resale product into i guess the the industry so interesting company ren but one that certainly doesn't fall within my circle of competence i would say it's uh, relatively low don't really know a whole lot about the uh, skin graft business and also aware of the pitfalls that can come with with investing in companies that spend so much on research and development and are reliant on, I guess, as you said, zero or one hit or miss. Yeah. What's your thoughts on competence for yourself? Look, it's probably outside of it, but once again, I would be very interested in this stock if they commercialize it, they start making profits from it, and then like the applications of it are very broad. Yeah. Like, you could see... I mean, you know, the bushfires are happening at the moment. You could see um, it's sort of being a military application as well. Like if it becomes easy to do skin grafts and it becomes cheap and like it'd be, it'd be great. Away you go. Product. But You're buying skin grafts off the supermarket <laughs> shelf before we know it. <laughs> but yeah, I think at this point it's outside my circle of competence. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool though. Yeah. Nice. Would you have anything to add or would leave it there? No, that's that's about it. Nice. All right. Well, we'll continue on with our Christmas shallow dives next episode. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.